welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 57. I guess I can pull up the outline just in case we meander to the topic of. Oh, in case we at, start. At hand. In case we start scrolling. Sorry, in case we start doing a little scrolling. Bill scrolling last night. Chit chatted with Doctor Professor. He jumped in voice. Nice. And uh, that was good. We mostly just kind of ignored each other while doing battlegrounds because we couldn't concentrate on two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Doctor Professor fully integrated on the PC PC and A. I was talking to him, man. It's going to be hard. He He's like me. He has a stamina and magicka of every character fully Ooh, leveled on a, a completely of, different that's platform. That's a lot of leveled characters. That's a lot Like his whole life characters. is on this other platform. Um, so I could understand how he's only he's only just logging in once in a while on PC and I'd probably be the same way. Like I, I'm trying to imagine if I had to just start all over... Or I could just go log in with all my characters that I know and love. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard not to just do that. Um. Anyway, you want to talk about PTS? PTS seven point one point one. Even no wait seven point one point two. Dang it! Well, so one point one was last week. Restart um, it. Start over. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about. <laughs> So, like, right now, as we're recording, is, uh, this is week three right now, uh, but last week was week two, uh, typical week two. That, that was version 7.1.1 of PTS. Uh, a reminder, the, the name of this patch coming up is called Waking Flame. Um, typical week two, just a bunch of fixes, adjustments, uh, a lot of it just centered on the, the new dungeons that are coming out. Um, but there are a couple of things or a few things that, that were actually in week one the, the week one patch but they weren't in the notes i love that the highlight from the week two patch notes was the things they forgot to include in week one <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are the highlights That's the most exciting thing uh things that happened didn't actually happen that week at all oh, that's great but, um the dragon knight corrosive armor ultimate uh now gives both types of penetration rather than just physical penetration uh, so that's really nice. Like mag decays will probably totally use that ultimate now. I imagine it's yeah. a really, really good ultimate. Um, Deadly strikes. The five piece bonus was nerfed a little bit. What are they doing to my poor Betsy? That's uh, a big one. It's it's, it's pretty small. <laughs> it's an eighteen percent buff to your uh, damage over time and channel time abilities rather than twenty percent. Uh, but now it will work for any damage type, not just stamina-based damage types. So a Magicka build theoretically could use it, uh, except the two, three, four-piece bonuses are yeah. not going to be great. I'm thinking about this. Is there a Magicka build out there you can think of on top of your head that's going to somehow find a way to use this? It, it would be tough, uh, unless it's just like some sort of hybrid that's that kind of leans Magicka, just because those two, three, four-piece bonuses I think would be totally dead on yeah. a Magicka build. Um, but I don't know, like, we'll kind of talk a little bit later. There's going to be a lot of weird hybrid builds possible. So yeah. I think, uh, I think you never really know what we're going to see. I think things could get real weird, honestly. <laughs> this one I think is going to be a pretty big deal for a lot of people. Uh, the sword and shield sword or the one hand and shield sword and board, uh, passive will now give you weapon and spell damage instead of just weapon damage. And already a lot of Magicka builds use Sword and Shield, so that'll just be a straight buff to them for, like, Mag DKs, Mag yeah. Plars. A lot of, a lot of Magicka players are going to be real happy about that. 
Yeah, that's nice. I think it's uh I think it's just a five percent boost, but you know, that's something. Yep. Um, so that's really it for week two. Uh, and then week three, that's happening right now, version 7.1.2. Really, a kind of a, a mild week three also. Uh, and I think we can kind of expect this to be what, what the patch more or less looks like. With I wouldn't even say, I don't even expect minor number adjustments after this, except for like probably a lot of stuff around the dungeons and maybe some yeah. stuff with companions and that Bug kind of fixes, stuff. fixes, things like that. Yeah, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of things uh, changing from what we're seeing right here because this all just seems about right. Sorcerer, we were joking about this in Discord uh, a couple of days ago. The Ball of Lightning ability has been nerfed. Uh, it only absorbs projectiles if they're aimed at you, like the person who casts uh, Ball of Lightning. Uh, and it will only absorb uh, one projectile per second rather than once every hundred milliseconds. That's a pretty big nerf. Nerf them the joke more. Is, nerf them more. <laughs> yeah. Nerf them more. <laughs> I'll always take a, a sork nerf uh, in any form, uh, for sure. The, the joke is, though, it's like, how, how many complaints do you see about Ball of Lightning versus the other yeah. nerf, Streak? Uh, that's by far the more popular morph, by far the one that people complain about the most. Didn't get touched at all. Uh, the the less popular morph they thought was a problem, though, which, I mean, I think, granted, it was a bit overpowered, uh, but the fact that it is overpowered and everyone still chooses to use Streak maybe says some, a little something about Streak, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. If you think this one's overpowered and 85% of players are using the other, the other morph, uh, what does that tell you? Yeah, I think I think just revert the change where they made streak unblockable. Just make like, it blockable. Just such a head scratcher when that happened. It wasn't blockable, or it it was blockable <laughs> before. Uh, why change it? Even Sorks were like, "What? Okay, <laughs> what, if, take what it. did you do?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it's our, it, 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 it was still an amazing ability even when it was blockable like not necessary uh, I think we would all just be in a happy place then you see that meteor ultimate coming at you just put up the block button and you'll, you'll probably be fine mm. um, anyway ball of lightning morphed it only will absorb projectiles if they're aimed at you rather than allies that are near nearby uh, and only one projectile per second. That's kind of big, too. So if you're light attack weaving abilities at them, so some stuff's going to get through. You're going to hit them yeah. uh, with like half of those uh, those abilities. So that's a pretty good nerf uh, if you ever encounter someone who happens to be using it. This one's just funny. Um, they just can't let a patch. They can't even let a, an iteration of PTS pass without nerfing champion points <laughs> they uh, somehow. <laughs> they gotta do it. Just oh, let's squeeze in a CP nerf real quick. Uh, and the fitness constellation, the Juggernaut Star. This is the one that uh, reduces damage that you take while you're CC immune. It's five stages, and right now on live, it gives you two percent mitigation per stage. That's ten percent total when you're CC immune. Uh, being reduced to 1% per stage. So that'll be 5% total. And that's one that I do use on a couple of characters, although we don't really do a lot of CP PvP, so I don't really care a whole lot, but I could see that being annoying. That's, that thing's cut in half. Yeah. That's just that's that's just what the random generator came up with for what CP would be nerfed this time. <laughs> they just have a it's... program that it's just, you know, ding, 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 ding. Oh, fitness. All right. That's the one. <laughs> 
It's so funny. Like it, it's already like the C the CP rework was already such a major nerf over the previous version of CP, and it just continues. It's like they've just like scraped the icing completely off the cake almost. <laughs> The new Plague Break set, this is one of those new um, uh, Rewards for the Worthy sets, that uh, that Zergbuster um, set, the, the stamina one. Uh, this is the one where dealing direct damage to an enemy turns them into a Plague Carrier for 10 seconds, which uh, just gives them a dot. Uh, and then if it's cleansed, it explodes and deals disease damage in an 8 meter radius, and then it's 10% increased damage per enemy hit. Um it had a 10 second cooldown. Now it has a 100 millisecond cooldown. Uh, and it only applies to targets who don't already have it. So I'm just thinking you can spam arrow spray into a group of players. And each time you spam that, it's going to apply it to a new target and a new target and a new target and a new target over and over and over again. This thing's just right? going to nuke groups, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. Do you know the damage on it? Have you looked it up like on. on- PTS no, I need to is. I need to log into PTS and like equip it on one of my characters that have some good stats and uh, see what and it see is. what it looks like because uh, I really I really don't know but I imagine people are going to be able to cheese it. I mean, well, the reason I ask is because if it's decent damage, I could see this even having uh, usage in BGs. It just it depends on what that damage is. Is it is the only time it's going to deal a lot of damage is if it gets that. Uh, you know that ten percent buff per players, or is it going to yeah, be yeah? Like just how many decent? players does it yeah. have to hit for it's like really good damage? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, something tells me it'll be strong for it being a new set. They state in the notes that they want this to be capable of taking out groups. Uh, so uh, and you know in BGs, one person on one team could potentially target eight players at a time. I, I imagine that would hit hard in that case. Yeah. Um. Because an eight meter radius, even in even a massive like twenty person zerg, it's not going to hit more than that many players at a time. I wouldn't think. I really like it that it is this way. I think it's cool that it it uh, procs when you cleanse, but that's neat. It's a cool idea, but it's like man, that's gonna that's a game changer. There's so yeah. many people that just spam cleanse, so it's just like I could see this thing. I I could see the possibility where this thing hits like four times before the group's like, what is happening to us? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like I was saying, if you just spam aerospray into a group four times, now all four of those people have that. And, you know, uh, Magplars are about to get some pretty nice buffs. I think they're going to be pretty popular this next patch. So, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of cleansing. There's Wardens are never not going to be popular. Yeah, Wardens are know, so like, Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just like you said, it depends on how much damage is. Is it yeah. just kind of like this sustained pressure kind of thing? Or is it something that's like going to nuke your team if it hits? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I'll have to log in and, and see what it looks like on my on one of my characters. Um, what else? That's Plague Break. Oh, um, Battle Spirit. This is kind of the big juicy thing uh, of this week. Uh, the damage mitigation, if you remember last week... Um, the damage mitigation that Battle Spirit gives you was, or it was two weeks ago, uh, was was increased to 55% rather than the 44% that it is right now. Uh, this week on PTS, they dropped that down to 50%. Battle Spirit will reduce damage by 50%, which is which I believe is what it used to be. Um, so, so we're just kind of back where we started. <laughs> Come full circle. 
So 50% mitigation from Battle Spirit and uh, your healing received is now reduced by 55% instead of 50%. Uh, so a little bit of a healing nerf uh, and a little bit of a, a resistance buff you know, compared to live. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll take a little less damage, uh, but when you do take damage, you'll have a slightly harder time uh, healing up after that. But I was thinking about this. You know, you think before two patches ago versus now healing is like astronomically stronger than it used to be yeah. because of all the stat increases uh, uh, that we got for uh, from Flames of Ambition. So, you know, a little 5% healing nerf there, I don't think is really going to be that big of a deal, especially considering we're getting that mitigation buff. Uh, so I, I don't think we're even going to notice that. Healing is already so, so strong right now. I actually, I actually liked their explanation on this. I can't remember what it was word for word, but Essentially, what they said is, you know, they made this change because the concern was, is people, you know, our players going to be too tanky, and they said they don't want people to be overly tanky. They don't want people stalling, uh, you know, PvP and just sitting there and becoming target dummies. Uh, they want to avoid stalemates, right? And, but yeah. they do, they do, they want players to kind of live through these kind of crazy high burst combos, and where players aren't just getting annihilated without knowing what's going on. You know, more, more often it can still sort one shot. <laughs> Can still happen, obviously, but they they are trying to at least give players a chance to live through these kind of crazy burst combos. And I actually agree. I think there's probably a good middle ground there. Yeah, this this seems fine to me. You know, I wonder if this is like a planned strategy of theirs because it always goes this way. Week one, they do this thing, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that seems a little <laughs> crazy." Actually, what happened? What they do in week three is is what they planned all yeah, along. You've, you've said that you before. Know. Is that they're like, "Hey." <laughs> Make them mad about this. Then when we bring it back to what we want it, everybody will be happy. Because <laughs> if they because if they'd started with this, then we'd get mad at this, yep. you know. Yep. And <laughs> so uh, I'm on to you. <laughs> this does seem right. It worked because to me, this does seem like it, it seems all right. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about this battle spirit, just so we have a a little bit more understanding of what this is actually going to uh, feel like compared to the your current experience on the, on the live server and some other factors that are definitely going to be coming into play. Um, so battle spirit, we're going to be getting some, uh, some 6% extra damage mitigation from battle spirit. You might see some people on the forums or in chat and stuff like that, uh, refer to that as effectively 10% mitigation or maybe like 11% mitigation in that ballpark. Um, so I'm going to try to explain what that means. Uh, and I think the easiest way to do that is just to just to give an example, like a hypothetical example. You know how much I love uh, hypotheticals. <laughs> um, we're going to go for easy, easy math here. So let's say we have an ability that has a, a 1,000 damage tooltip, and you're going to go duel uh, a, another player. Uh, and let's suppose that they only have Battle Spirit for damage mitigation, nothing else. They don't have any armor or anything. So um, on the live server... Uh, you hit them with a 1,000 tooltip. Uh, Battle Spirit will reduce that by 44%, which means you'll hit them for 560 damage. Uh, we hop over to PTS, do the same thing. It's going to reduce it by 50%, uh, which means it'll be 500 damage. So that's a difference of 60, uh, which is exactly 6% of 1,000. So the math checks out, right? Um, but if you consider the fact that you were never dealing 1,000 damage. You were dealing 560 damage. Uh, so that 60 damage loss, that's like 10 to 
of 560. So your experience is actually going to be more like a 10 to 11% damage loss. The tooltip's losing 6%, but you're losing more than that. This is probably a good place to talk about uh, a question that our, our old friend, Dr. Professor, had uh, in the chat a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this. He asked, uh, how does Battle Spirit interact with other sources of damage mitigation that you have in your build? Uh, and I looked into it just a little bit just to make sure I, I had a clear understanding of it before I tried to answer it. And so I think I know what's going on here. So what happens is um, Battle Spirit takes its cut of the damage first. So it'll take that 1,000 tooltip, take it down to 500 on PTS. Um, that happens before anything else. Uh, then each source of mitigation that you have uh, just kind of lines up one by one and takes its cut out of whatever's left. So say you're getting 30% mitigation from your armor, that comes in and that takes 30% of 500. Not 30% of 1,000, but 30% of 500 off of the damage. Uh, then, it, like, if you have uh, major protection, it'll reduce whatever's left by 10% of that amount, right? And then in just so on with each source, it just takes its cut out of whatever's left. Um, what do you think about that, Davius? I feel like I've been talking a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Math, numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, you know, there's there is a lot of details to it. I think I think it's important to realize the the real effective mitigation. Um, you know, because I think that the 6% obviously in perfect math works out, but the, the 10% is important to know that you're never dealing in your example, you're never dealing that thousand damage. So that thousand damage is very unreal because it's never actually happening. Yeah. And it makes you realize how like a lot of times, like seemingly small numbers actually can have a really yes, big impact on much. how how it actually feels in your experience. That's what I was just about to say is that, that, you know, it's only a, a 6%, but it, you know, it effectively is a lot bigger deal than that. I, I still think it's going to be good. I like the idea of being a little bit tankier and making fights last a little bit longer. Cause there are times and, and, and I know you know this in battlegrounds right now where you'll just be standing there and you'll finish a fight and then somebody will come out of nowhere and they've got all their perfect bursts lined up. And you're just like, all right, there's no chance of me even, coming close to living through that. So uh, maybe making that a little less uh, common, I think is going to make Battlegrounds a little bit better. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a Davius meta. It's the, it's the time of, <laughs> it's the summer of Davius. Oh, hey, I'm all about that. <laughs> uh, I like it when people die fast. That's just kind of the play style I've, I've become accustomed to. Um, but I don't know. This actually doesn't seem so bad uh, until, well, until you get into some of this other stuff here. So the 6% increase to, to Battle Spirit, uh, that mitigation, that alone, I think maybe would not be a big deal, but there's some other stuff to consider here. So uh, we didn't talk about this on the last episode, even though it was in the notes. The uh, the Alliance War uh, revealing flare ability that reveals uh, stealth enemies, uh, it's now going to grant major protection at all times while slotted. Um, so that's basically just guaranteed on every player's back bar, just permanent major protection yeah. on your defensive bar all the time. I'm actually not a fan of this one. And mainly just because by them doing this, this almost becomes a required skill. And I don't like, yeah. I don't like skills becoming required skills for players where almost every player has to have a skill slot. I don't like the fact that almost every player that we come across now is going to have this on their bar slot. That's, that's not fun. That's, that, that's not diversity. That's everybody using the same skill. 
And I looked it up. Uh, the only other sources of major protection are things that are very conditional and temporary. It's like tied to an ultimate or something like that, you know, or some some condition. Uh, you, you can't just have it all the time. Uh, but now everyone will. Um, now, minor protection is already super common. Uh, most builds already have a source of minor protection. At the very least, uh, the Sigic Order uh, Temporal Guard Ultimate, it grants minor protection at all times while slotted. So you could have both of these on your back bar, permanent, minor, and major protection at all time. That'll be very common. Um, so I think that's going to be a big factor right there. You know, we're getting the, the battle spirit change, plus everyone's going to have major protection now, like guaranteed. In addition to that, uh, I think in battlegrounds, at least in the, in the sweaty matches in the, in the yeah. high MMR sweaty matches, I think you can pretty much rest assured that you're going to have major and minor maim applied to you at all times as well. Uh, unless you're just constantly cleansing, but then you might be blowing yourself up because of that new set, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, everyone's going to be maimed, uh, and maim reduces your damage, right? By 10 yeah. and 5%. Um, so Frost Mages, the Frost Mages are coming. The w- winter is coming. Right? <laughs> I, it's going to be a tidal wave of Frost Mages. It's happening. They're coming. Uh, I, I, and you'll, you'll get into some details here, but the one problem, kind of the same thing we were just talking about, the thing that I'm not crazy about on these Frost Mages, it's all going to be almost the same build. It's going to be a whole bunch of Frost Mages with very similar setups. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to that either. I think we'll see a lot of people running similar setups, but I think we'll also see a lot of people just running a Frost Staff, even if they're not necessarily trying to be a Frost build. Yeah. Uh, and we've even seen that in the past. Like, I've seen metas where it was pretty common for Mag DKs to use a Frost Staff just because of it's it's useful in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're totally right. The, the, a particular Frost build is absolutely going to be super-duper popular. Um, but the thing is, frost damage always has a chance to apply minor maim, right? It applies the chilled status effect, uh, which which gives you minor maim. So anytime any frost damage touches you, there's a chance that that could happen. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of frost mages around, and at the very least, just a lot of frost staves around. Um, but in addition to that, they've updated destructive touch so that it now is guaranteed to apply a status effect depending on the type of staff you're using. So if you're using a Frost Staff, that's guaranteed chilled status effect, which gives them minor maim. So it's not even a chance there. It's guaranteed. guaranteed. That's pretty crazy. A guaranteed sad effect. That's, that's pretty wild. Well, if you think that's crazy, uh, <laughs> the, destructive <laughs> clench, <laughs> the destructive clench morph, one of the new things they're adding to it is it's now guaranteed to apply major maim. Oh. The base ability guaranteed to give minor maim, and now this morph major maim. So you're giving them both at the same time. One, uh, one really cheap ability. The cost is one thousand three hundred thirty-six magicka. You could cast that all day. Let's basically it may as well be free. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Seriously. Uh. So um, and it it also um, that that morph the destructive clench morph with a frost staff will immobilize your enemy. Uh, which will proc Hrothgar's Chill, that new frost damage set. That'll that'll proc that set. Uh, also, since you're giving them the chilled status effect while holding a frost staff, that means they're guaranteed to get minor brittle. Um, uh, so so now all the conditions have been met to activate uh, the frostbite uh, five piece bonus. Uh, one ability, 
And there's the Frost Mage build. <laughs> <laughs> don't even slot any other abilities. Yep, don't need you know? um, So anyway, that's going to be super popular. And like I said, I think you can basically just rest assured that those status effects are going to be on you at all times. Yeah. In addition to everyone having major and minor protection at all times. So I think the the battle spirit change is pretty minor, honestly, in comparison to these other things that are now possible. Yeah. Major minor maim is going to be on you at all times. Every almost every Magicka character is going to be able to throw major minor maim on you. It's just going to be it's just going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of like a warden. You don't even necessarily have to be trying to be a frost warden specifically. Just equip a frost staff and do a normal whatever warden build, you know, yeah. uh, and you use this particular ability, and it's going to be super powerful. Um, I I expect it to go live like that, but I expect it to something about this setup to get nerfed in the future at some point. I think they're going to let people have their fun for a little while. They've been <laughs> people have been banging the doors down for frost mages for so long. Yep. They're going to let them be OP for a little while. I say fine. I'm, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it because with frost damage comes a lot of snares, a lot of immobilizations, a lot of just it's difficult to move around. So you're definitely going to want some uh, snare removal in your builds. You're just sure. going to play on your macro the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll have to feel it out. I may, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Or my uh, my warden, I think, will actually yeah. fare pretty well. My Magden. Yep. So let's do one last round of tooltip fun. Let's uh, take that 1,000 tooltip. Let's add another zero to it. So now it's a 10,000 tooltip. So for like a like a good build with good stats, it's like a spammable. Yeah. Um, Let's say um, that all, all those factors combined, uh, we're going to apply Major Maim, Minor Maim. We're going to go up and uh, up against an enemy with 20k resistance, which is low. Yeah, that's uh, but that's that's 30% mitigation. Uh, and let's assume they have Major Protection and Minor Protection. So all that added up, our 10,000 tooltip on the live server is going to hit them for 2,850. Uh, and if we hop over to PTS with the, with the battle spirit change, uh, that's 2,558. Um, so 2,850,2558, that's, that's right at about a 10% difference. Uh, but the way I think of it is on live, we can kind of get rid of major protection and major maim because those aren't like necessarily guaranteed to always be present right now. Yeah, they're, they're, not easy. Are, they're not aren't. easy right now. It's not yeah. super easy to get on a character compared to what PTS is. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you factor those out but leave them in on the PTS equation because they're guaranteed to be there on PTS, um, then it's going to end up being more like a 27% difference in damage. Uh, live, without those being factored in, uh, that 10,000 tooltip is 3530 versus the 2558 on P PTS. Uh, so that's that's like a thousand difference. That's a pretty big difference, about twenty seven percent. And big. I think that's in a lot of fights. That's actually like the difference you're going to perceive is going to be in that ballpark there because of all these new elements that will be uh, in the environment. Nobody's at the end of matches. Nobody's going to say GG anymore. It's just going to be stay frosty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I think a lot of things are about to get kind of popular. I mean, I think. Uh, Frost mages are going to be really popular. I think um, Magicka Templars are Mad going to be Pars. very popular as well. Yep. They're, they're getting some really nice buffs. Um, I think Necromancers are going to continue to be very, very good. They're not necessarily getting any 
particular buffs, uh, but they're just very good already. Um, I feel so. like frost buffs are kind of a necromancer buff in a way. They're, that's a common, you know, warden has more frost abilities, but for, you know, there's some there's some frost stuff that ties to necromancers, magic and necromancers for sure. It plays into their play style very nicely. It like yeah. synergizes really well with how they play. Definitely. It's all about AOE and kind of locking down a piece of ground and uh, and frost damage is really good for that. Totally. So that's what's going on with all of that stuff. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about this, uh, this trend towards hybridization that we're kind of headed towards, which I'm, I'm all for. I think it's cool. Um, but there is kind of one, I don't know if it's a concern, but just something I, I'm kind of thinking here um so if you remember with this upcoming update armor passives are being updated so that they grant both types of offensive stats right any offensive stat uh, that the passives give you it's going to be both magica and stamina versions uh, of those stats which i think is really cool it's going to open up a bunch of new possibilities particularly for stamina builds um so like uh, Stamsorks, for example, could viably use Haunting Curse uh, or Mage's Wrath or both uh, in their combo. Like my Stamsork with his current build uh, logged into PTS, he gets about a 10k tooltip on both of those. I think he misheard me earlier. I said nerf them more. Nerf them more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so an extra, you know... 20k worth of burst uh, potential on a Stamsork. Uh, I think some Stamsorks are going to be trying that out. Yeah, I think it's going to happen for sure. Um, Stamplar, my Stamplar on PTS with her current build, Breath of Life, uh, has about a 10k tooltip. Mm-hmm. Um, Stamina Necromancer, the Spirit Guardian, um, little healing ghost that follows you around. Uh, on PTS, my Stamcrow uh, has a 4200 tooltip on that thing. Uh, heals me every two seconds for that amount, which is very good. On, on top of it, it's 10% damage mitigation as well. Another thing I thought of, a Stamina Dragon Knight could uh, viably use Molten Whip and finally have a source of big burst damage uh, that they've been lacking for so long. Uh, my Stam DK on PTS, if you get all three stacks of Molten Whip, it's in the ballpark of about a 20k tooltip, uh, which is really nice. Now, it's not delayed burst the way like Sub Assault is, so they can't combo it with stuff but i mean i bet if you leap someone and then 20k molten whip that'll that'll have an effect that'll (laughs) they'll notice that (laughs) the only concern or i don't know if it's a concern but the thing is it seems to really i think it's mostly going to benefit stamina builds it's mostly going to open up options for stamina builds it technically opens up options for magicka builds too like stamina abilities will be more powerful on magicka builds but i don't think i don't think most magicka setups are going to want to be spending a lot of stamina on their abilities and and risk getting their stamina bar too low and not be able to defend themselves that's kind of that's what i'm thinking so it's mostly going to be like i think stamina builds specifically are going to be closer to hybrid builds uh and then magicka builds are still just going to be magicka builds but they're, they're much more capable than they used to be before flames of ambition though kind of have to keep that in mind yeah Anyway, anything else you want to add to any of that stuff? No, I don't think so. I mean, like you said, I think you made a good point. They're both kind of hybrid builds. It's unique, though, because they're both kind of different hybrid builds. I'm talking about Stamina and Magicka. Stamina, the hybrid, is going to be very mixed Magicka and Stamina with abilities. 
mm-hmm. whereas Magicka, you know, we've always talked about their hybrid is kind of damage and support. So, well, it's kind of nice, or I don't know if nice, but it kind of it's kind of nice. It kind of gives stamina builds a reason to maybe invest in Magicka again because ever since the Flames of Ambition patch. I don't. I don't invest a drop of uh, stat points into Magicka on my stamina builds. They have yeah. the base amount is more than enough on all of them. Uh, so now they might have a reason to actually invest. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of a buff to the the old classes. You know, the new classes and kind of updated abilities. They with you know I'm talking about Necromancer and Warden mostly, but most of their morphs they have kind of the stamina and Magicka version. But on the older classes. Almost all the class abilities are Magicka, and even when you morph them, it's two Magicka choices. And so it's kind mm-hmm. of a buff to those older classes that it kind of opens up the possibilities for them a little bit more to, to use some of those uh, class abilities that they maybe weren't any good yeah, for and, uh, characters before. Totally. And some of them, like Stamplars, uh, they have the Magicka to spare yeah. to, to oh, use some of those. Sure. You know, They don't really have a... Uh, a need to use a lot of magicka as it is currently so so a reason to actually use some of that magicka some of that resource that's just sitting there doing nothing a lot of the time uh, is going to be nice for them here's the deal i've got to i've got to admit to to a shortcoming you know it's blasphemous i'm just going to start off with a blasphemous <laughs> you've been playing wow again haven't you no. <laughs> whoa whoa absolutely not no my blasphemy is just that it's summer uh i have three children i we've been traveling a lot on a weekend you know we did a vacation and then i've i've missed three weekends a row in a row of playing time so my scrolling, it's a little light. I, you know, I, I'm a little light right now. Don't worry, everybody. We'll get this in shape. Um, you know, when okay. summer's over, I'll lock these kids back in a bedroom somewhere. Don't you worry. I'll carry us through this you, podcast. You're gonna, you're gonna have to carry us. I, I do, I do have a couple updates. There's a couple things okay. that I have to say. One, uh, you know, I have decided a, a, an upcoming change with the Davius build. A uh, quick okay. reminder of that build. That's the one that's the five-piece uh, spell power cure, five-piece uh, powerful assault, Maelstrom Resto, and the Pearls of Elnafe, uh the one-piece trainee. Magplar, right? Magplar, Magicka Templar. Uh, only heals, no damage. Um, I'm going all in on this. You know, with this new set coming up, this, this Magma Incarnate, uh, it's the new monster set that's coming out that... Um, uh, it's the one that when you do a single heal, uh, it kind of shoots the, I don't remember how it describes it, but it kind of shoots the, it shoots the buff out to somebody. And then that somebody shoots the buff out to three additional players. It like bounces around. Yeah. It yeah. bounces around. Um, but what that does is that that buff gives, um, minor courage and minor resolve. So, I am going to drop the Pearls of Elnafe, which makes me a little sad. That's that's a very Davius uh, mythic item. But I'm going to drop that, and so I'm going to still keep five-piece five, uh, five piece Spell Power Cure, five-piece Powerful Assault, two-piece Magma Incarnate, and then still have the Maelstrom Resto in the back bar. But I'm going all in on this unique support style build. So with all the buffs with this and this new setup, Davius will now give his teammates... 952 weapon and spell damage buff 
So we're just short of a thousand weapon and spell damage buff for the entire team. And it's actually really easy to keep up. It's just the casting vigor and uh, breath of life. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if I can overheal. So one vigor, one breath of life before a fight kicks off the powerful assault. Or I'm sorry, the spell power cure, the vigor for powerful assault. Uh, and then throw in my breath of life kicks off the magma incarnate. So it's pretty easy to keep these buffs up. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with this type of support build. And so only going more all into it uh, is is going to be is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I really like um, this type of, of, of setup and, and the fact that he's kind of become this different kind of support. Uh, he still offers heals and his heals are still really good. Um, but I, I like that the best part about him is actually not the healing. That's not the best part of support about him anymore. It's more about these team buffs. Yeah. It's you can always you can always tell when when Davis is around because you're like man I'm I'm hitting a lot harder than I normally do. You're giving like you're giving me more damage than like my equipment is giving me. You know. Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 a way that I really look at it is you know, and I've said this in the past when you know he doesn't do any damage and when you don't do any damage and I like the fact about him it's become more of just he's just become a meme about Davis now he doesn't he doesn't do damage. But when you don't do damage, you really got to make up for it with the team. But the fact that I'm giving 952 weapon and spell damage when all the buffs are up, I mean, you, you got to think about that in, in as way of sets. Or, you know, there's not 952 weapon damage. There's not even um, there's not even a lot of builds all put together from their sets that are getting that much. You know, it's right. It's a, that's a lot. That's a massive buff to give to the entire team. Uh, and it's a lot of fun that when I fully get things going, just to watch how hard the team starts hitting. Uh, it's a lot and of fun. Davius acts all pious, like, oh, I don't do any damage. <laughs> but when we're in there, he's like, kill him! Oh, we kill joke. Him. He's, he's the blind healer that's going around yelling to kill people. He's not actually touching him, but he's definitely saying, this guy, this guy right here, take this, kill this guy, kill him. Uh, and then uh, and then the match is over and he acts like he's so, so hey high guys. and mighty. <laughs> I didn't, I never, didn't touch Never killed a man in my life. I just wanted to make sure you guys were, you know, all healed up. No worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on to you. I uh, love the Davis build. The, now, the other thing that I have to talk about, uh, I've got to talk about my Thracian Strangler grind situation. Okay. It was a real grind. You know, a real Davius... Uh, I've heard horror stories. <laughs> First of all, just don't even grind for it. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> if you're thinking about it. it, don't do it. Don't go down there. <laughs> uh, don't go down that road. Uh, this is a you know I have the worst luck when it comes to grinds. Uh, we've past episode but listeners know this. Um, this set, uh, the the first uh, piece that you grind for, you have to fish up. Um, from um, I can't remember the zone. It's one of the starting. It's the, I think it's the DC starting zone. Um, you have to fish up the actual uh, lead for it. Um, not to knock people if they enjoy fishing in this game, but it's pretty <laughs> uneventful, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the true end game. It's right? uh, it's pretty simple, you know. It's uh, so that took me several hours, hours and hours to fish up that lead. Once I got that done, I was like, okay. Because when I first looked at this, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy grind. There's no there's no dungeon grinds for these leads. You know, usually when you look at something real quick, the dungeon grind's always like, ah, I'll have to run that dungeon a couple times. But this one had no dungeon grind. So I fooled myself into thinking, 
oh, this is going to happen quick. This is going to be easy. First fish grind, several hours. Was out there forever. I was like, oh, man. Got it. I was like, okay. Hardest part's done. Now it's just going to, now it's really going to kick into high gear. Next lead, another fishing lead. Two <laughs> fishing leads. You got to fish up two things for this thing. Uh, so, yeah, that next fishing lead, that took me about two to three days to fish that thing up. Um, I don't even like these things anymore. I got them. I don't even like them. Uh, it was it was a mess to get these things. And then if I thought those two were bad enough, you know, I hit a couple easy ones. I'll give it to you. Is world bosses and I think then uh, uh, is world bosses and then a public dungeon boss. So I was like, all right, now we're hitting the groove. And then the last one is Sigic Portals. You have to grind mm. Sigic Portals, which... Those How often do you even find those? Those aren't real common. There's not a map yeah. to find those. Those, I mean, tracking down Cedric portals, that one took me like another two, three days. And by that point, when I finally got it, I, I for some reason, I just don't give up when I should. I should give. I should have <laughs> given up three days into this grind. Instead, I was like a week into it, week and a half into it. I got the dumb things. They are a lot of fun. They still have issues. There's a lot of issues with that item. Fifty stacks. Fifty is one stacks. Of the issues. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's uh, when you have the fifty stacks, they are they're really fun. They're really good for PVE purposes. Uh, I like them a lot. But getting fifty stacks is not easy. Uh, and running mm. a dungeon and trying to get fifty stacks, you know, maybe maybe by the second to last boss, last boss, you've you've got your fifty stacks up. Uh, we and you talked about this. It's fifty stacks is just too many stacks, and the grind for these things was miserable. Yeah, and it seems like they've just given up. They're like, "Yeah, it sucks. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. And that was the that was kind of the one. I remember when those patch notes first hit, and we we're like, "What are these things called? Mythic items? Ooh, Thracians. Yeah. That one looks the juiciest of them all." Um. But it's been a it's been a bummer. Um, well, I've been doing a little scrolling. Would you like to hear about it? Let's hear about your scrolling. Uh, I have been doing a lot of battlegrounds. Unlike you, I've been playing quite a bit. Just rub it in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rub it in. Why don't you? Um, I've been doing a lot, mainly because I have a few builds that uh, that I've just been super duper into. So I've been enjoying playing them. My main squeeze the last couple of weeks has been Bobby Bobango, my stamina necromancer uh, bow build. Uh, and this dude I've just been kind of chilling on for a while because he was totally a product of the proc meta. Uh, and he, he thrived there. Uh, and, and now since, um, since the Blackwood update, his build has basically been dead. And no, nothing's really been coming to me, but one day came and I was like, man, I really want to get this dude figured out. Um, and... I've kind of been doing this thing with all my characters where I sort of want to make these pure, what I think of as like pure builds, where they're not using any procs, and it's just really good stats, and they're totally just relying on their playstyle and their wits and knowing how to use their abilities, uh, and that's how they're successful. Um, and But they're certainly not weak by, by any means. They have really strong firepower, really good survivability, and I think this dude is maybe the best example so far of a build that I've I've kind of put together that, that works really well that way. Um, you'll probably laugh. He's using Heartland Conqueror. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> this is the third character I've put it on. Uh, 
It's just too good. It's I don't know. There's nothing else to say other than it's just too. Nothing else gives the value that Heartland Conqueror does. When you when you compare the front bar offensive capability and the back bar defensive capability, there's just show me something else that gives you both of those things. Um, my front bar only set. This is kind of a recent development. I'm using Spriggan as my front bar only set. I was really really wanting to use Swamp Raider. Um, but plain and simple, Spriggan is just better. Spriggan gives me more DPS. Uh, and even like, so Swamp Raider gives you 600 damage to your disease and poison abilities. Yeah. Uh, but even those abilities deal more damage with Spriggan. Um, and the two through four piece bonuses are better on Spriggan. Um, and there's no flavor lacking. Like Swamp Raider is a, is a poison and disease, I guess, themed set, but there's no visual indicator. There's nothing that makes the build feel that way you know so using spriggan doesn't feel any different uh it does more damage it gives me better stats on the two through four piece so i I just gotta not fight it and i just gotta use spriggan it's a boring set it's one that you know it's been a a staple of pvp for a long time but yeah that thing that's a good set oldest time that thing it's just always held up it's always been a good one yeah it's never been bad um, so it's five Heartland, five Spriggan. Spriggan's just on the front bar with a sharpened bow. Uh, I have a powered Potentate's Greatsword on the back bar. Uh, Malakas and One Piece Krog uh, for a little extra penetration. Bobby Bobango, but when he gets rolling, it's been known to go by Robert Bobango. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Bobango is his father's name. Uh, please. <laughs> Uh, this dude's been my favorite, man. It's been it's really fun to play with a ranged stamina build, uh, and you kind of you kind of realize it's a great counter to uh, sorks. Sorks have been really really popular. Uh, it's difficult to counter them as a as strictly a melee uh, build, uh, but Bobby he has exactly the same range that a sork has, uh, and he can deal all of his damage from full long range, uh, and he's out of range of their streak and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so I've noticed that's been really good, uh, but even in like big brawls with a lot of like melee players, you know, he can just kind of s- sit back from a vantage point, kind of like a Sork does, you know, uh, yeah. and be tossing his damage into the into the fray. Uh, he's real kitey. He's fully speed capped, of course, like all of my characters, uh, and um, damage is through the roof. Like even even tanky characters. That's the that's the benefit of stacking um, penetration versus uh, weapon damage, like. Weapon damage would be more effective against squishier targets, but penetration is more effective against tankier targets. Yeah. But the thing is, for squishy targets, you don't need a lot of damage. Yeah. They're gonna you're gonna kill them anyway. Uh, so I've definitely noticed that I I can take down some of the tankier players uh, surprisingly well. Uh, but he's great, man. He's he's very well rounded. Uh, he uh, he has, like I said, really great firepower. Uh, that uh, Heartland with the powered potentates on the back bar. Um, and he has a mortal coil that gives you another 3% healing. So it's a 21% bonus healing power on the back bar. Uh, and you know, he's got minor protection from the, the Sigic ultimate. He's got 10% extra mitigation from the spirit mender. Uh, you know, he's, and he's full medium, you know, he only has three M pen. He's a wood elf, uh, total full on roly poly, uh, bow build, but he can actually tank out a little bit of damage uh, more more than most of my stamina builds. I was gonna actually. say he's, pro- he's probably a little tankier than than most people would realize. 
He he really is surprisingly so. Like I've had a few people give give up on him and like just go and fight someone else, which is surprising. He's not. I don't think of him as being tanky. Like he's real light on his feet, agile type of you know kitey playstyle. So it's cool. He just has it all. I mean, he's got the range. He's got the speed. He's got really good damage. He's got really good heals. Really good sustain. Uh, it kind of hits all the bases. The only thing that kind of concerns me going into this next patch um, is he does not have a source of snare removal. And I really don't know what I would want to unslot to make room for it. Uh, um, anyway, Stab Crow, Bow Build. I highly recommend Heartland Spriggan. Uh, great combo. And uh, the one other build that I've been really, really into uh, is Bad Sally, my Stamina Dragon Knight. Um, I'm really psyched about this build because I think I finally got her in a place where I genuinely thoroughly enjoy playing with this character <laughs> she she uh, was overpowered before but now it's just enjoyable <laughs> yeah she's just she's very powerful very strong yeah we've talked about before like she she was super overpowered during the proc stacking meta she was a full-on four procs with malakath just super cheese build and it was fun for a few laughs for like a match <laughs> or two and then it's like all right let's let's knock off this nonsense <laughs> Um, but now she's actually like just a really solid, well-rounded, good PvP build. Still very good damage, not not to the absurd levels as before. But basically what she's lost in damage, she has gained in self-sufficiency. Because uh, before, she basically had to have a healer, or, or she really could struggle quite a bit. Uh, but now, like I've been doing uh, solo queue with her like over and over and over again, and she consistently gets really, really good results. Um the old build was uh, five pieces Unleashed Terror, uh, two pieces Grothdar uh, for the body, uh, and then the Maelstrom two-hander, Master's Dual Wield, two Trainee, and Malakath. Uh, the new setup basically just replaced the body pieces. Uh, five Bone Pirate, two Bloodspawn. Uh, and what's kind of funny about this is I, it was kind of like Bobby. I was like, man, I basically have been neglecting this character because uh, her build died when the proc meta kind of went away. Uh, but then there was just one day I really wanted to play with her and I didn't necessarily have an idea for a new build or anything. So I was just like, well, I probably have some stuff in my bank. I can just throw on her. It'll just work for a, a generic stamina build and I'll probably be fine. I happen to have a spare set of Bone Pirate that's fully golded out with tri-stack glyphs on every single piece. So easy, put that on her. Uh, and then I have a bunch of Blood Spawn that's golded out and everything. Uh, and that's always good for a stand DK. Yeah. Um, and then everything else is the same. Still the the Maelstrom two-hander, still the, mas- still the Master's dual wield, and two trainee, Malakath. So I just swapped out the body pieces for more uh, stat-based and defensive uh, uh, sets. Uh, and left everything else the same. What I really like about this character in this build is that I think she's perfect proof that, you know, uh, the proc stacking isn't what it was. They f- they kind of fixed that. But you can still use proc builds, you know, proc sets really effectively. You know, she's got proc sets still and she uses them. They are, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she's got the, the Maelstrom two-hander, the Master's dual wield, two arena weapons. And because she has so much better stats now, those things actually hit really hard. Mm-hmm. But I actually have to execute a combo, and I have to play smart, and I have to think about positioning. And you know the way I play with the rest of my characters, 
Uh, and it's actually a much more satisfying way to play than just gap closing from like gap close execute gap close execute over and over again yeah. the way she used to do. Um, so it's cool. This she has always uh, been kind of a whisper generator. Uh, it used to be whispers, basically <laughs> mo- mostly hate whispers that were like uh, you know talking crap about the the cheesy build, which, you know, understandable, totally. Sure. Um, but I've been getting whispers of, of people now just asking me what the build is, um, which is uh, kind of a nice change of pace. Uh, and, it, and it makes sense. It's not nearly as cheesy as it used to be. But people see a Stam DK getting pretty good results in BGs. Not, not the most common thing. No. And it's like surprisingly a really pretty basic setup. And other news, uh, I sold all my gold rings from Mid-Year Mayhem, the gold vendor, and I'm like a billionaire now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting chauffeured around now. You don't even you don't even ride your own mounts. You have just people come and pick you up. Yeah, I got a limousine guar. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty sweet. Uh, I'll load it up. I have I never spend my AP. I have I think like 33 million alliance points. And when that gold vendor popped up, I was like, well, I know a lot of these sets are really popular, so I'm just going to buy a whole bunch of these uh, rings, wait a couple of weeks after the event ends, and then put them for sale. Uh, that's exactly what I did. I, I sold them for quite a bit less than what the market was, but still a lot. Whole bunch and they of all sold, uh, and it's a lot of gold. So that's pretty nice. So if anyone... Uh, so if anybody needs gold, reach out. Get Sparrowhawks. Hit me up. <laughs> hit me up. Um... One more thing, kind of related to PTS. Uh, at this point, week three, things are pretty much locked in, which means there's no hope of, of, uh, of us getting a deathmatch-only oh. queue in Battlegrounds. And uh, since we're very focused on Battlegrounds, it's just worth mentioning. This is something that comes up literally every day. Uh, I would say at least half of the Battlegrounds that I'm in, there's an argument in the group chat about people focusing the objective or not focusing the objective. People... There's never a time when everyone's on the same page unless yeah. it's like a full pre-made squad. Um, there's always arguments on the forums, on Reddit. Uh, you know, it's just creating this toxic environment. We have one community of players who just want to deathmatch. That's yep. all they've been doing for years, uh, and now they just can't. Uh, and we have another community of players. Totally understandable. They just want to get their dailies done. They just want to get these achievements. They just want to like have a victory in a way that they feel like they can by focusing the objective and I totally understand that. Um, both sides are right. Neither side's wrong. Yep. And it's just the situation that's been created. Uh, you know, from our vantage point, Davis, we're we're in the camp of we just want a deathmatch. We just want to get yep. in there and fight other players and test our builds out and do that sort of thing. And, you know, typically less than one in ten queues pop for deathmatch. Yeah. And you say, so you spend a Saturday night. This is my free time. I'm queuing up. I'm going to spend three hours of my evening queuing up. This is what I'm doing tonight. You know, and I don't get a single deathmatch. You know, I'm going to spend that whole time just sitting on flags and all of that. Like, that's not going to be a satisfying gameplay experience to me when since Morrowind I've been doing just deathmatch. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's a struggle right now for sure. And like you said, it really is creating kind of this toxic environment in battlegrounds right now because there's this argument about you know the strategy players they want to play on strategy and the objectives and that's how they they want to get a win and then there's players like us that just want to do deathmatch and it really creates a struggle with um the the interaction of players the interaction of builds you know our our builds are designed for deathmatch they and when you go into uh flag games or something where 
there's a whole team that's just tanky and they can't die, you know, it's it's not really a good interaction. It's kind of created this weird environment where you there's so many times that we'll we'll queue up for a, a you know a battleground, and it's at the end of the match we'll just be like, man, that was just a weird one. Uh, I'm glad that one's over. Hopefully the next one goes better. And it's yeah, I mean the players that are really serious about winning the objective and that's really what their goal is then a lot of the time engaging in combat is a bad idea yep you know you'll you'll lose if you do that it's often the best strategy is to disengage run away from fights if someone shows up and tries to take your flag just run to another flag take that one uh you know and I get it. I get. I get the appeal of that, uh, especially for people who maybe don't do a ton of PvP. They just kind of want to get their daily done and that sort of stuff, and and that's how they can win. I I totally understand, uh, but it's frustrating when we had su- such a long time uh, where none of this was an issue. Everyone can just do whatever they wanted. Um, I hope something's done about it. There hasn't been a single developer comment on the forums, like not a peep, any any thread that comes up about it. There's there's never a developer comment unless it's just like, hey, guys, be cool, be nice, you know, that's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a bummer, especially for something, yeah, like we've just been saying. It's, it's like creating this toxic atmosphere. It's an issue every single solitary day, and it wasn't before. Yeah, and, it, and you know, it's a pain to go into every battleground, and there's probably going to be an argument, you know, whether it's within your own team or even if, if there's a team that's just playing the objectives and the other two teams are trying to do a death match, well, then the match ends in four minutes because that, that one team was the only ones playing the objective. So um, oh, I, yeah. I really hope something changes going forward. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I hope... That maybe once they get the Cyrodiil stuff figured out and Cyrodiil changes, maybe they can shift the focus back to the, some sort of deathmatch queue. Maybe so. You'd think there'd be some peep about it at this point. I mean, it's been it's been a while now. I hope you're right. Maybe their just priorities are elsewhere right now, and they'll circle back around later. I really do hope so. Um, I mean, this is like our primary community that we hang out with. This is our thing, you know, yeah. and it's it's really disrupting what we like to do in this game. Shout out to Grizzly Khan and Dr. Professor for joining us in chat yet again. Always welcome, gentlemen. Also, uh, Dr. Professor, welcome to PCNA, uh, the most dedicated goon. He, he, <laughs> bought, he, he jumped to a whole new platform just so he could be in Stoon's goons. That's That's how good a guild this is. The best guild, Dr. Professor confirms, Stoon's goons, best guild. That's right. He actually told me it's not even really for the podcast. He enjoys the guild more than the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he just pretends to like us, like the podcast so he could get in the guild. So he can get in the guild. Smart for all, move. For all the Smart benefits. Move. Yeah. You know. All the benefits that we provide <laughs> being a member of Steam Goons. Um, you know. Uh, like the guild hall. There we go. Guild hall. We've Boom, got a transit station. We got the we got the trial dummy. Uh Crafting stations, they're coming one of these days. We'll get them. There's crafting uh, stations in there. They're just for the Ancient Dragon Guard set. They're not really, okay. they're not the Stoon set. That's the biggest issue right now. Well, if you want that particular set, or if you just need generic crafting stations, or if you just want to see a pretty cool home that has been decorated really nicely, Stoon's Goon's Best Guild. Uh, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to be invited to Stoon's Goons on PCNA. Uh, you can also email us just to ask us questions that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, make suggestions for the show, uh, tell us a joke, tell us a story, really whatever you like. Scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, I think that's probably about all we have. That's it. Okay, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.